All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode. We have a real fun one today. It's just me and Sam. It's actually it's the, it's the Samuel Wallach interview. We're going to just, uh, <clears throat> you know, Sam's been a part of our team for about a year now, and uh, obviously he's become a lot more than just someone who's worked for us. He's started in some new business ventures with us, and we're all, you know, we're all together. as a We're a family now. We're a group, and um, figured it'd be a good time to sit down and get to know Sam and introduce him officially again, well, kind of, to everybody else, and uh, just talk about his life and how he got to where he was so i mean sam honestly very first place i'd want to start was is go back to your childhood you know you're you're however young you were how did you find this love for waterfowl fishing outdoors yeah so you know before i even got into hunting it was always fishing for me it was going out with you know my grandpa to some muddy ass ponds catching bullheads that turned into bluegill bluegill turned into bass and then man i just you know i just fell in love with it i fell in love with fishing you know i was kind of not really the nerdy kid but i you know i like to play video games and whatnot and that just all came to an abrupt stop about the time i got around middle school just got into fishing really big and <clears throat> With fishing, you know, and I was, seriously, it took me a little while to get into hunting. Um, my mom's side of the family, they're big hunters. <laughs> None of them waterfowl hunt. It's all deer hunting, you know, uh, predator hunting, all that. So waterfowl hunting wasn't even, like, even a thought of mine, really, to begin with. <laughs> and, you know, I kept fishing throughout middle school. Like I said, just was an absolute freak about it. Um Got into high school and uh, met a good buddy who uh, he had duck hunted a little bit. His grandpa took him out quite frequently, and he's like, "Man, you got to try this." And before I even did that, went pheasant hunting with him. I, you know how it is in Nebraska; you walk for miles and miles, miles and miles, just like you, you. You pheasant hunted. Pheasant hunting was kind of your introductory to hunting yeah, was, why don't you just come walk through the field with us type of thing yeah yeah essentially and so got my hunter safety went pheasant hunting and i'm like you know i think we maybe saw one pheasant that day and it flushed like 300 yards in front of us because there was no wind and i was like well this ain't fishing you know and he you know my buddy was just on my tail on my tail you gotta try waterfowl hunting you gotta try you gotta try it. You gotta try it. So we we did what any introductory waterfowl hunter would do. Went to Walmart, bought some flambos. Hey, a couple dozen flambos. I think we bought like some blue wing teal and uh, some mallards, and took it out to a local marsh around my hometown. And uh, the way that hunt went, I mean, we didn't get into them real hard, but it was like. We had one flock that decoyed so good. I mean, just backpedaling. And it was a bunch of, it was gadwalls. A bunch of gadwalls <laughs> just backpedaling into oh, the decoys. God, I love a good gadwall. And I was like, I've never felt this adrenaline rush before. And we whiffed. Both of us whiffed, by the way. Only, only group that decoyed like that. And we whiffed. Hardcore. Because <laughs> I'm just like crapping my pants, you know, like this is freaking cool. And literally, dude, from that moment, and we ended up shooting two ducks that day, and I think they were just like 
passing shots that we probably shouldn't have taken. Actually, I know we shouldn't have taken. Hey, we all been there. Yeah, yeah. You know, we were just eager. We wanted. To, I wanted to kill you, my first duck. You want to have successes. And I'm so, not blaming you for any of that. That's. Sure. I ended up. It was a widgeon. It was the first duck I ever killed was a widgeon. Mine was a blue winged teal. Blue winged teal. So my story. I, I'll tell my story real quick just while we're on the topic of it. I was with my dad. And I was actually out at a public marsh right uh, by uh, south southwest of here a little ways. And um, we were duck hunting on this morning. I don't know if it was quite teal opener. My dad sometimes, my dad would like take me out like on the Monday after opener, I think usually. Because obviously kid duck hunting, people shooting each other, stuff like that. He probably didn't want me involved. So I think it was like the Monday after opener. The marsh was quiet. We were the only ones there. And... Um, blue winged teal comes by i mean you're talking mock jesus crossing and my dad was like you can try to shoot one flew by and he was like he was like shoot it and i was like you know couldn't get up in time and so he was like have the gun up and have the gun ready and uh like have your gunner in your hands like holding it ready to pull up and shoot for when the next one comes and so a little later a flock flew by and there was like two leading out the back and i don't know what it was i just pulled up and boom and it just so happened that dead on on the back bird and when i say dead on i mean like disintegrated its head and blew a wing off the body <laughs> like completely clapped this bird first shot ever fired at a flying duck don't know how it happened no idea none of that because then i didn't kill another duck for the rest of the day missed everything it just happened so fast but that was that was my story it reminds me a lot of that just kind of taking some sort of a little passing shot t was a little different but yeah yeah no i mean it was a clean kill on the widgeon I had. I mean, it, it spiraled like a football. So, I mean, that that was another aspect of, you know, watching that duck drop the way it did. And, you know, even before that, I mean, it was a group of about seven or eight gadwalls. But even before that group of gadwalls, I had the whole, like, we were there early enough to, like, experience the pre-light shenanigans oh, yeah. when the ducks yeah. get going, you know. Mm-hmm. And I remember, like had to have been teal i don't really remember because i didn't even really know what duck was what at that time my buddy was the one telling me what was what and i remember just hearing that you know like holy shit this ain't fishing (laughs) no but this is this is this is pretty sweet like you know and it was kind of like one of those i didn't want to admit it because i was such a fishing nut like this ain't bass fishing you know and that hunt progressed, you know, shot my, we shot two ducks that day. He got one, I got one. Uh, I shot the Drake widgeon, he shot a hen widgeon. That was the day, and it was definitely enough for me to be like, I got to try this again, you know. <laughs> this, this is something I want to do. Uh-huh, and uh, go on another hunt about a week later, and it was just like a teal fest. Like, you know those teal hunts where it's like, it's so fast, the action's insane, the birds are just continually coming. And there was so many teal that day that it was just like, didn't matter how shitty of a shot I was, I was getting my limit. And so I limited for the first time, and that was the hunt that I was just like, I love this. (laughs) Like... This is freaking awesome. And ever since then, like, I mean, I was still a big fisherman, but it was starting to shift. And, you know, 
I was still doing a lot of other things. I was still turkey hunting. I was still, hell, I was still deer hunting with my mom's side of the family and uh, kind of just progressed. And then it just kind of as the years went on throughout high school, it started to become less of, you know, just going with that one friend and involving more people, getting more people mm-hmm. to go hunting with me, getting other friends to go hunting with me. And progress even further you know oh senior year of high school whatever I get to take my dad out for the first time finally convince him to go out you know he ain't a morning riser I get him out and my brother gets his hunter safety done so I get them on their first hunt together and same thing you know I mean it was it wasn't it wasn't a crazy hunt by any means I think we shot seven teal it was teal season and Man, like, I got to see firsthand, like, because at this point, I was experienced enough to know what I was doing. You know, I mm-hmm. wasn't, like, the greatest hunter by any means, but, like, I could hold my own. Yeah. And it was the first time where I was, like, seeing other people's reactions to it. You know, like, new hunter, getting to see birds decoying, uh, just just the experience of it seeing people's faces light up and that was kind of the point where i literally was starting to get to the point where i was like man i would love to be someone who could do this for a living you know obviously not thinking anything would come out of it but it was like this is definitely my favorite thing i've ever done this is i will do this the rest of my life getting people involved so that was like that kind of eye-opening that this is this is it type of thing. Yeah. So this is long before I even like hunted the river or anything. Obviously, like, this is all marsh hunting. Obviously, you've been doing this for a while now. Let's jump into that. What what happens when you finally get to experience the Platte River, your first cornfield hunt? You know the other sides of hunting that are available to us. Yeah. Uh, it's a whole different experience, man. Like <laughs> I am someone who like, and you see me when we go hunting, like I really take in the setting. Like, yeah. Setting matters. I really take in the hunting setting. with a view, sunrise a view. on the plat, stuff like that. Oh man. I just remember the first time hunting the plat, hunting on public ground and like just seeing thousands of mallards at the same time being like, uh, these birds don't want to work, guys. Yeah. Guys, yeah, guys, there's literally thousands of ducks. Why aren't they decoying? Yeah. You know, I didn't understand what, like, traffic was. You know, like, traffic hunting, you know? And Yeah, where you, you just wait and you're, you're trying to pull them to a place that they normally aren't trying to get. Yeah, man. I, I We killed a couple ducks that day, like, the first time I hunted on the plat. But, like, the setting was enough for me to be like, Yep, I want to figure it. this out. Yep. want to come back, you know. And Was the, that college by then? That was college because was college. I had never hunted the plat until I got freshman year of college. And by then I was like starting to kind of skip class at times, go out <laughs> on the weekends. Like I've been there. Yeah, before classes got too difficult. And... Uh, my first ever like absolute banger like i'm talking just insane hunt i'll never forget it it was on the plat i mean 
cold front coming through. It's December and just snowing like a son of a bitch. Like one of those hunts where it's like, I may die on the way there, but it may be worth it. Oh, we've been on those. Oh, yeah. And boy, was it worth it. I mean, every single duck that we saw that day decoyed. And at that point, and what we can get into this too, what I was doing in college, but at that point, I even shifted what I wanted to do job-wise to wanting to do something revolving around waterfowl. I mean, it was like a complete 180-degree change. Because I, I, I'm still a fishing guy. I mean, to this day. Like, I, I would much rather waterfowl hunt. But to give you guys some backstory, um, obviously I've talked about fishing enough. But I'm, where it, what I went to school for was wildlife biology because we didn't have a fisheries degree here in Kearney. And my plan was to become a fisheries biologist. I had gone out with the Game and Parks fisheries biologist crews out of Lincoln, um, done trap netting, gill netting, all this sampling, you know, and I thought it was the coolest thing ever. I mean, I was already, like, dead set on I'm getting my degree in wildlife biology, I'm going to get experience, and then I'm going to go get my master's in fisheries biology and become a fisheries biologist. And like I said, when I got here, got on the plat, started to see more outside of the realm of just marsh hunting. Oh, not to mention geese. I haven't oh, even talked God. about geese. Tony's. Like, I'm still a duck guy. You know me. I love ducks. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm a duck guy before anything else. But, like, <laughs> I got to witness, like, the combo hunts. Like, oh, killing yeah. ducks and geese killing at the same time. Killing with, ducks with backpedaling some big Tony's down. Yeah, man. Yeah. And I was, like, at that point, I was just, like, insane in the head and how much i love ducks like i want to learn it i want to so learn the biology what, behind sophomore them. year college freshman this year? would have been about sophomore uh, year. sophomore year so now what, what did you enter college majored as wildlife biology so so how did you kind of adjust everything with what you wanted to do yeah so what i did when i first came in is um you know everything when you first get into college is just general classes you don't get to do the specifics you know really to begin with and um ended up you know getting through that first year and then i went and did a fisheries job in south dakota where we were doing some acoustic telemetry on muskies so basically just tracking muskie movements across mm-hmm. the lakes did that and then uh um it was that next like spring this is when i was really well, I guess it would have been fall, where I was really starting to get more into ducks, like the biology, you know. Like yeah, yeah. What do they like to forage on, you know, talking about duck broods. And I had a great professor, absolutely amazing professor, who she's an ornithologist. Mm-hmm. But she did her Ph.D. on ruddy ducks and courtship. <laughs> ruddy ducks. Yep, yep, ruddy duck. I love me a good ruddy She loves, she's a big ruddy duck girl. Anyways, though, she was like, well, why don't you take a step back from the fisheries side of things and maybe try something waterfowl related? Dip your toes in the water. Just try it. You know, DU offers crap tons of jobs for seasonal work. And same with Delta, you know, great organizations to get into. Uh, Mm -hmm. If you guys don't follow them or, you know, 
take a look at the things that they're doing. If you're a true waterfowl hunter, you need to look at those things because that funding is so crucial in providing everyone access to do what we all love. So really check into those guys. But anyway, so I looked into a job uh, for Delta Waterfowl in North Dakota, and I got to go work up there doing some duck brood studies where we got to fly a thermal drone and... Basically, you'd fly this thermal drone and you would look for ducklings because traditionally people would look for ducklings through binoculars and miss so much because of cattails, vegetation. You know how that goes. Just can't see them. So I got to fly this drone that had thermal imaging. Those ducklings, because they have no down feathers, they would just show up white hot little fur (laughs) balls. And so you'd find those. You'd bring the drone down and then you'd switch it to regular imaging and then you could go okay that's a mallard okay that's a shoveler blah 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 progress this summer but man i thought that was the coolest thing ever and right then and there i was like yep i'm gonna be a waterfowl biologist this is what i'm gonna do i'm gonna work for ducks unlimited i'm gonna work for delta one of the two you know like that's what i'm gonna do and so that's that's kind of how things progressed and changed throughout but like i have always been an outdoorsy kid like i like ever since i got into fishing i was like i want to be outside you know oh yeah yeah so then i think we first met it would have been your junior year i think sophomore sophomore, sophomore or junior year one or two we met through a friend of a friend i uh my well justin had a friend who was sam's friend sam ended up getting invited to go on a hunt with us and um, we went out, didn't kill a goddamn thing. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah, we were goose hunting. Didn't kill shit. Soggies, didn't care. Um, but we knew something was with Sam when, you know, you take a fair weather hunter out. You don't kill anything. They're going to bitch. See you later. They're going to talk. And, yeah. You know, they're not just not going to appreciate everything. But Sam... After the hunt, it was like, yeah, hey, we did what we could, you know, didn't happen. That didn't happen. You know, it's what it's, that's, that's just hunting. No big deal. I appreciate you guys bringing me out. (coughs) And it was like, that was impressive to us (coughs) getting to see him, like the way he reacted to that situation. Cause then, you know, like I, like I said, we had some friends, we have some friends that, you ain't gonna kill a pile they ain't gonna show up you have a bad hunt they will bitch everybody knows those guys they, they will be like this is yeah. terrible I was, this sucks why did I get out of bed this morning whole nine yards and so I think that that first hunt was a goose hunt and then I think we share a couple snow goose hunts in the spring yeah yeah because I introduced were... you to Tony yeah that's right who I worked with in South Dakota and grew grew even further in our friendship yeah and I think that we had a, our snow goose hunts were mildly successful. We always shot a few, had a had a couple funny stories from that. But you know, uh, it was it was good. It was a good time. And then you went to, I think it was right after you went to to North Dakota, right? Maybe I don't know what you're getting at. I think right after the first season we met you, you went to North Dakota. No, I think it was one summer. I think we had one. Su- you had one summer with me here because I remember I was fishing with you a ton. Yeah, because we went fishing a bunch. That's right. Yeah. And then the next summer you went to North Dakota. Yep. So then that next yep. year, that next year I know we hunted a few times. 
I just know that you were really busy and I was hunting on schedules that didn't always fit up with your meet up with your schedule. So we just didn't get to be in there as much as, you know, probably would have liked to, but we got out and I think that I'm trying to think, I know we went on a couple duck hunts. Oh yeah. Cause that was, that was the year on the opener for the river. We shot a nine man limit on public land and you shot an eight man limit, like five miles down the road from us. On yeah. Public land <laughs> yeah. Too on that, that was with day. my dad and my brother too. Yeah. There was one day that that happened. And then, um, I think we shared a, quite a few hunts throughout that year. Some goose hunts. Definitely some, definitely. We went on a couple snow goose hunts. We took Tony on that snow goose hunt that spring. Yep. And, um, yep. yeah, we actually, yeah, we did do that. That's right. And, um, goose hunts. It's so tough to remember because we've been hunting for so long. But so many damn hunts. <laughs> if you think thinking back to it all, though, did you did you see hanging out with us? We weren't even planning on being guides back then. Did you see that? The guiding, no. But what was so attractive about hanging out with you guys is that like I have my like I still have friends outside of this friend group, you know, and <laughs> yeah. They are more of, a lot of them are big game guys. Big, like, they love to deer hunt, and waterfowl hunting's kind of like, they like to do it, but it's kind of more of like a side operation, side piece thing for them. Mm -hmm. And with that, you know, like, they don't want to grind waterfowl like I do. They don't want to wake up early all the time like I do, you know. They don't want to freeze their balls off like I do. And, and so, like... A lot of the hunting I did, yeah, I did either by myself or with those guys. But then, like, I would split half the hunts and go hunt with you guys. I'd help you guys scout. I, you know, that was that was probably the toughest part about everything. Is you were it was so tough to be. You know what I mean? You'd be like, well, we went on a hunt with my buddies and we shot these ducks over here, but I'm trying to be respectful to my buddies and not, you know what I mean? And yep. Same thing with us. Yep. It's such a tough, it was such a tough way to mix where it was like, man, I'm trying to go help everybody and do everything with everybody that I can, but I'm also trying to respect everybody in their own, their own privacy. Right. And that's, that's business. The, that's the hunting industry in general. That's the toughest part about hunting with, a, hunting with so many different groups of people that are all really good friends is because like everybody it's well some people just say fuck it and tell it you know what i mean some people don't yeah. care but it's re it's common courtesy to be respectful of other people's stuff to the best extent possible yeah. i mean waterfowl hunting is just one of those things where it's like if you're really big into it obviously you want people to enjoy it too mm -hmm. but you know you got to be there's a fine line of giving out details and everything else. But I mean, I want everyone to be successful when exactly. they're hunting. I want everyone to If it's on public it, land, but if it's on public land, everybody's heard of it. Everybody's there. Fuck? Yeah. And if it's on private land, as long as you're not telling out farmers names, I mean, if you're like, well, I was on a field by Carney. Oh wow. Which one? You know what I mean? Yeah. Then that is never really seems to be a problem, but it was always such it was tough because like same thing with us like we'd be out scouting with you and we'd be like no i have permission on that field and i know that there's geese in it but do we want to hunt that tomorrow or do we want you know what i mean how do how do you want to work everything out to where everybody nobody's nobody is 
taking spots. Nobody's getting disrespected. Everyone's getting treated fairly. And honestly, what I think actually ended up happening to kind of cap all this off is trust. I mean, yeah, like, I mean, we trusted you. We started meeting your friends. The next thing you knew, it was just kind of like, we'll tell you where we go. We'll tell you everything we know because we know you're not going to go out and your friends aren't going to go out well, and fuck with us. And even everybody that, all just started getting along really well. Even that, but like, even when I was scouting and I saw something that I know, like, you guys had permission to hunt on, mm-hmm. then it would turn into, hey, I'm not going to go out of my way to hunt with the with my other friend group. But, hey, I saw these birds on here. What do you say we get together and hunt it? Whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. Things like that, you know, just so simple respect that goes both ways. And then, so then you graduated, right? Mm-hmm. You, didn't you graduate? You had do an extra semester, right? I did one extra semester. One extra yeah. semester. Yeah. So you graduated. It'd be in the it would have been <coughs> on the end of twenty one. Yep. And you started your job with the Game and Parks January, or take a month off, or uh, I think it was. February. Yeah, it was February. So it was still cold as fuck at that time. Yep. So what did you start off with doing when it was colder than fuck? What was your job? I think when I got there, we were just starting to do some surveying stuff, getting me familiarized with equipment, Mm -hmm. just real basic stuff. Gotcha. Real basic stuff. So I had kind of touched on what you've done for a lot of the summer so probably we'll probably don't need to dive all the way back into that again but uh in other episodes you can he'll you can hear him tell the stories of being uh smoky the bear and how to fight forest fires and tipping side by sides and tractors put, how, and to, how to put out fires that you start with uh side by sides four wheelers etc banding doves spraying stuff releasing pheasants he did a lot of cool stuff but you met us like not met us but like in the episode we talked about where we talked about buying land, we kind of briefly touched on to you. You met us through Bob, like you met the job. So I guess you knew you were aware of what was going on, obviously, because we had an Instagram page. We were doing a little guiding stuff like that. But you were like, I just remember specifically there was one weekend. It was opener deer weekend. And I had these pawns lined up. I had three pawns, and I knew all three pawns were going to be green head limits. Yeah. All three days, it was limit, limit, limit. And I called you, and I was like, hey, got a couple spots. You want to come down? I know it's going to be good. I know it's going to be good. And you were like, man, I have to go do deer check-ins. Otherwise, I would go. And I was just, I just, I I I literally texted you back. I said, all right, that sucks. (laughs) yeah i'll tell you how i'll show you how we do and you know obviously that whole weekend it was just pile picks and big flocks of mallards and some of the coolest shit i've ever seen meanwhile i'm just checking in hundreds of hundreds i had the busiest check-in station in the state of nebraska checking in hundreds of white-tailed deer and and a couple mealies illegal mealies yeah (laughs) every once in a while i had some interesting stuff i had to call up the old game warden hey you know all that wasn't happens. shooting greenheads. That that that's the point. We kind of been at what? Okay, I guess at what point did you actually see that we were trying to start guiding? Well, let me take a step back. Okay. Um, so when we were, when I started hunting with you guys and things were progressing and when building trust, right? Mm-hmm. It started to shift more 
with me hunting with you guys more than I was with anybody else. Mm-hmm. So that started shifting, right? So yes. I was getting to know you guys even more and more, occasionally hanging out with you guys, you know, those type of things. And as that was progressing, you guys were progressing as a company. So mm-hmm. you started advertising more. You started, you know, really getting your name out there. You know, and quite frankly, just proving to people that we're doing this, you know, mm-hmm. and that's when it started to kind of come the realization of to me is that you guys were actually wanting to do this. Um, went turkey hunting and I kind of talked about this in a previous podcast, but went turkey hunting with Justin and, you know, just Bob and Bob was like, you know, we've been talking you know, we, we could use a little more help for what we, to the, for what we want to do, we're going to need some help. And I was like, well, what's the extent of this help? Because I am currently pretty freaking busy. I am employed. I am employed. And it was, uh, we would like you to be employed, but elsewhere. Yeah. <laughs> so it kind of, it kind of just lightly got brought up to me. You know, I didn't think a, a ton feeler, about it. Putting out a feeler. I remember when I, when I was like, Bob, you should, you should put out that feeler with him. And he was, at this point, it was Justin. You should, you should put a feeler out with him. Mm-hmm. And uh, remember he called me. He just he called me you know, he, after the turkey hunt. I go, did you kill turkey? Because fuck no. <laughs> said, how the conversation with Sam go? He, and this was Bob doing Bob. Sometimes, Bob likes to overestimate, get a little greedy on things. But this time he was ready. He goes, yep, he's going to do it. And I was like, What? <laughs> Like, it's May, you just went on a turkey hunt, and now he's, he's working for us now. You think that's going to happen? He goes, well, he's got to go talk it over with his family and a few things, but he's going to do it. And well, I was like, it's like the details aren't like, even hashed out yet. Yeah, and I was like, all right, Bob, you know, all right, settle down. And um, I started talking to him. Started talking with you. I think we created your job description, explored some more details, and I think it was... Did we? Did you agree to the job first before you agreed to starting on September first? I think you agreed to the job first. I think so. Yeah. So basically, what was happening? This was before we even bought like the river property or anything. What was happening is that it was what you guys were doing was more of just like a weekend, taking people out type of ordeal. <laughs> Wasn't anything crazy, you know, quite yet. And then you guys bought the river property. And if y'all haven't listened to that podcast, go listen to that because that really explains a lot of like the rigmarole you have to go through to, you know, get something that big. But anyways, what I'm getting at is, so y'all bought the river property, right? Mm -hmm. And that's when I really started realizing that's like, okay, things are going full speed now and it is, it's no longer a smaller operation, but a we want to be known mm-hmm. like we put us on the map you know type of ordeal and that's when it started getting serious and then i went to the delta show with you guys and the relationships just growing like crazy i feel like i think it was i think part of the reason <clears throat> i think you signed the job description for september 1st before we went to delta or no 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 it wasn't because we were in the car in the truck at delta like you know you should start early yeah, and um, and then we were all like, it, 
I think having you help build the river blind, having you do everything, in a way, it just took you further and further away from Well, yeah, dude. Job. Like, I was, like, already putting in 45 hours, 45 to 50 hours, 40 to 50 hours a week. And, you know, busting my ass outside every day or whatever. And then Justin be like, hey, can you come help me? You know, like, we're grassing or we're putting together a blind, blah, 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 whatever it was. And I was like, hell yeah, man, just... At some point, I got to get some rest, you know. <laughs> One of those are deals, but, like, again, just growing with you guys. And, like... That was part of the strategy we used. Get you involved as much <laughs> as possible, and then you'll bite. You'll well, bite. Well, on you'll, my you'll, end, you'll, you'll it was, like, I was already, like, committed mentally, but to physically pull the trigger, go through telling my boss, hey, Mark. hey, hey I'm gone. Yeah, you know, like... I was there mentally. So for on my end, it was like, a, I got to prove to these guys that like I'm legit, you know, like they, you guys already knew me, you knew who I was. But to me, it was a matter of mm-hmm. like being reliable because you don't like, yeah, I've hunted with you and I don't think I've ever, I know for a fact, I've never missed a hunt with you guys. I've never missed a hunt ever with someone telling me, Hey, we're going to go hunting. But it was proving that I'm reliable doing jobs. And so that's how that, that's how that I looked at it. And Delta happened. Then about a week after Delta, it was, hey man, I quit. <laughs> well, I quit my wildlife job. Yeah. 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 And it was, uh, what was it? So your last day of work was August 30th, right? Yep. And then the September 1st was your next day at the, <laughs> I just remember this so vividly. Josh was here and we were filming a hunt. We were dove hunting, obviously an opening day and your last day of work went from burning in the day before to the next day you were getting paid to kill doves in a fucking cut cornfield. Not only that, but the burn, I had, I got heat. I got heat That's exhaustion. Right. That's right. Like I was literally had about had to be taken to the hospital because the smoke just like switched directions and like I was throwing up. I couldn't even take a sip of water without fucking throwing it up. I mean, just in bad shape to the next day, like you said, paradise sh- shooting doves. And then later that day, or no, not that day, the, the next day, later the next day, the first group of clients came in and everything else is history. Yeah, man. It, so. It, it, just the growth from, yes. like, even, even like together, all of us, the growth from then has been incredible. So now, obviously, kind of. I'm sure we'll have a podcast about this before, so I'm, I'll go ahead and talk about it. Now we're, now we're, I am a two-time business owner and you are officially a business owner. Yep. Trailer rentals. Yep. Side business. Yep. But you're here. I'm here now. Looking back at it, seeing literally it was less than a year ago that you made the commitment to come work for us and you are already, like I said, you're now a part of this family in the business sense. You have ownership. You have ownership in the companies you you are neck and neck with us like this is now your life like this is i've signed up this is the papers i mean i've signed the papers i know what my life's going to be for a long while now Mm -hmm. seeing where you came from where you were from all of this what's that change like comprehending and just understanding where you've come from and where you are now going yeah man well first off i want to say that i mean to be doing what I'm doing now is, I never, ever, 
I mean, less than a year ago would have thought that I would be doing what I'm doing. I mean, this is literally like a dream job for me. Don't get me wrong. For all you people who do want to be a guide's, Listen to one of our, uh, well, we, we will Listen be coming to the out. episode that says, that's titled, So You Want to Be a Guide. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a lot of work, man. It is a lot of work, but if you love it, you love it, and it isn't, it isn't a job. But it doesn't feel like a job. It is a job. But, uh, you know, for me, the biggest thing for me was making sure, because I'm a family guy, like making sure I can get steady income out of this you know, be able to provide for a family, those type of things. And like just how the company's blown up, man, I never would have thought it would have gotten to the point that it has. And it is so freaking cool to be a part of this. And to even go from that to now, like I've always like this entire year of you guys, of, of all of us guiding, you know, I've been like, I watched through the grapevine, so to say, with you guys being owners mm-hmm. about how you run things, you know, learning from you specifically financially about how to how you go about things, how you strategize things, how you create spreadsheets, like being a part of the meetings, loans, buying trucks. I mean, you name it. Like, so much has been learned, and it, like when you when you show me those things. It just further makes me go, yeah, I'm glad that guy's on my team, you know? Mm-hmm. And, like, on Bob's part, you know, the landowner things, dude just literally can drive all fucking day. He just don't quit, does he? In a Prius with no AC, talking to landowners. Grant, answering calls, talking to people all the time, social media, you know, like, everybody has their own part and everybody does it. There's no slacking, like... You want to be successful. All of us want to be successful. And so that's what really drives me even further. And that's what makes me know that this can be <laughs> as literally as big as we want it to be. That is the damn truth. Is This is going to go. I believe I even said this one time in our one of our early meetings. I said, what we have here is the ball is now in our court. Where our lives take us could be multi-business owners, one of the better guide services in the United States and Nebraska, so on and so forth, could shit out. We could be homeless in two years. I mean, those could go both ways. But we've we've solidified the start of it enough to where the ball is now in our court and we control our own destiny now. Mm-hmm. We got through the hardships. We got the land. Got the first year down. Life is it's up to us, and we're doing. <laughs> I'd say we're doing all right. I would. I yeah. really would. I confidently <laughs> yeah. say that things are going all right. And, um, you know, it was just good to good to look back on that. My last question for you here is, features, features I, should, I was going to say bleak. Bleak is the entirely wrong, wrong, wrong word. The future is bright. The future is unknown. What, what do you think yours and our future looks like? Where do you think this is this is going or we're going as, in another word, entrepreneurs? I really think that, like you said, I mean, we're all striving to be the best. If you're not striving to be the best, then why are you doing it, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, I want to be 
the name that is thrown out there, like Tony Vandemore's name's thrown out there. That's what I want. Wallach. <laughs> well, not just Wallach, but Whiskey <laughs> Sleeves. Like, yeah, I take where I'm at with this company right now, like, we talk all the time. I'm not an owner of Whiskey Sleeves, but I, it's pretty much like I am. Like, and I take pride in that. I take pride in being reliable, doing my job day in and day out. Yes. And being just reputable, being a part of it, not just a bystander, but being a part of the company. I take a lot of pride in that. And I want to see us grow just as much as you guys want to grow. I'm just as hungry as you guys, and I'm excited, man. If we could do what we've done and the time that we've done it, you know, it's exciting to think what can happen in two, three, five, ten years from now. And, like, even just getting, like, my brother involved, I know he – it's cool with my brother, too. And you guys got to listen to that podcast with my brother. But it's like a rewinding tape almost, <laughs> watching him get to be a part of this. Because, like, as we've grown I, – I mean, he's just been, like – you know, he comments or he texts me about, you know, stuff we post on social media, whatever. And he's got the same drive as I do, and it's just like well, – <laughs> this is fucking cool, man. Yeah, well, funny. My one joke about the whole thing is, uh, we'll see, we'll see what, we'll see if criminal justice ends up being criminal justice. Well, even my parents are saying, yeah, get your degree so you have a degree. You know, he's gonna get his degree, but they're like, see where this goes. We know how much you love this. You Just know, do do what do what life you do what makes your life happy. My yeah. parents were the same way. I mean. I told them as I was I, I gra- so for everybody who doesn't know I graduated college about two weeks ago from UNK actually finished my degree and I did my degree my last year of my degree while full time this job guiding and fucking impressive um, my parents they I was like worried about them looking down on me not necessarily wasting my degree but like I don't know I really thought that maybe they would see it differently that I'm just going to college just to have a backup plan. I guess when it's I say like it like spending that, money just to yeah, have I'm spending money, a lot of money for reinforcement, basically. And they were as supportive as could be. They were like, "No, made the right decision. Do what do what makes you happy." And uh, overall, yeah, who knows what the future holds? There could be. I I can't even speculate. Because if yeah. you'd have told me I would be where where we are now a year ago, I said fuck off, don't even. Yeah. So, but yeah. No. Anyways, it was good to sit down. It's good to have a one-on-one conversation with you, chat a little bit, learn a few things, and uh, get the backstory on you for uh, for everybody involved. And yeah, man, get to tell your story. So, all right, guys. But anyways, thanks for tuning in. A little shorter episode today, but that's all right. If you guys want to check us out on Facebook, Instagram, it's at Whiskey Slews. If you are look, looking to book a hunt or want to talk to somebody, please call Grant, 308-830-3817. Um, anything else? See you later. Yeah, we'll catch you later, guys. Yep.